Happy Friday. I'm Quinn Emmett. I'm in my workout clothes. And this is important, not important, the newsletter that's science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news of the week, how to think about it, and what the hell you could do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter every Friday, plus my conversations with the world's smartest people on Mondays. You can find the email version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com newsletter. The link is also in your show notes. A quick PSA, folks. Any is 100% independent and mostly reader-supported. The newsletter is free to all, but to pay it forward and support our work, to get weekly deep-dive essays from me and guests, and to connect with other listeners like you, an invitation to our community, and the delightful comment section, please consider becoming a paid member. I'm excited to invite you to a first monthly AMA or Ask Me Anything for the Old Folks, scheduled for next Friday, September 16th at 3 p.m. EST, and it's exclusive to any members. My goal with this new AMA series is to provide members with inside access to incredible folks who can help you think deeply and act decisively about the future. First up is Brendan Anderson, who wants to help you work on climate. Brendan Anderson is the founder and CEO of Climate People, a climate tech recruitment agency that places top mission-driven tech talent with leading climate companies. Brendan's got 20-plus years of agency recruiting experience. He's a very swell guy and launched Climate People in 2020. He's got a headstrong vision to mobilize a workforce transition to work on climate by leveraging his recruiting experience, his passion for the environment, and his desire to make a big impact. So members can RSVP for the event right in the community. If you're not a member yet, we would love to have you join us. You can do that at importantnotimportant.com slash membership. I can't wait. Today is September 9th, 2022, and let's get to the news. In climate change news, corporate clean energy purchases are down. But why? Once the vanguard of the green vortex, corporations not named Amazon spent 24% less on green power so far this year compared to last year. And that's thanks to Putin's war, Chinese lockdowns, and drought, and of course, the resulting and serious supply chain bottlenecks from both of those. Let's go deeper as Europe, which is at the tail end of its hottest summer ever, scrambles to transition to an energy system not relying on Russia as fast as humanly possible. Germany, which is really regretting so many decisions as of late, is racing to build a natural gas terminal on the North Sea. In the UK, solar installs are through the roof as living and energy costs for people and pubs skyrocket. While the brand new prime minister seems hellbent, I guess, on restarting fossil fuel production, Uber decided to add 10,000 new EVs to London streets, and Octopus Energy models how to not be a terrible utility in the 21st century. The future of the Danube River and other European rivers may be dry, and Switzerland's glaciers are the canary in the, sorry, coal mine. The world's biggest offshore wind farm is fully operational. The Dutch, having spent centuries defending against floods, are sinking from drought. Wood pellets were promoted as a way to heat more greenly, if that's even a word, but they're coming from protected forests, which is not the point. So look, Europe's really getting their climate band-aid ripped off here. Yes, the global south, colonized, stripped of trillions in resources, poorer and responsible for a relatively infinitesimal share of historical missions, is suffering both more acutely 
and more comprehensively. But that's just the thing. The global north, or the west, just always assumed climate change was something that happened to someone else. Change was going to take forever in the West, but not anymore. The transition is here, it is going to be brutal, and at least in part powered by coal. But make clear here, folks, this is the end of the beginning. Here's what we can do. Whether you're a mom, or a dad, or an uncle, or an aunt, or literally whatever, you can learn a hell of a lot from our friends at Science Moms about how to talk to kids about climate change. It's a fantastic resource. In COVID news, as U.S. pandemic policy, if you want to call it that anymore, coalesces around a flu-like annual vaccine strategy, it's time to evaluate where we stand with those. So one, Omicron-specific vaccines are out and, for now, still free, and we've got resources for where you can find yours if you're eligible and ready. Two, question is, what the hell do we do with all the old ones that really nobody got? I don't know. Research is well underway for next-gen vaccines, and those include two inhaled vaccines that are focused on mucosal immunity, which means they go up the nose. Uh, those are approved in India and China, and the goal there is to slow transmission and infections, not like the current vaccines, which do an exceptional job protecting against severe disease and death and a little bit against transmission. Do the new ones that were approved work? I have no idea. Stateside, scientists are chasing a universal, future-proof vaccine by way of an elusive nanoparticle, which is something I definitely understand I just don't have time to go into here. Meanwhile, Pfizer isn't sharing its vaccines for comparative research purposes because one, it's legal, they have them patented, and two, because they're dicks. A universal vaccine would be prudent. As the CDC reorganizes, warnings of worse pandemics continue to be ignored, and congressional funding for really any of it remains non-existent. I want to be clear. I still mask most days in most public places. I have avoided this thing so far because I'm incredibly privileged and paranoid. I don't want it. But I also don't want to mask forever, and I certainly don't want the U.S. to look anything remotely like China's ongoing lockdowns of tens of millions of people. But I plan on protecting those more vulnerable than I am with whatever public health measures I can take, including the power of this newsletter. And that's because we win by protecting each other from the bottom up. America's vaccine uptake and death rates are at least somewhat causal and definitely exceptional, even on top of our everyday, selectively competent, compressive, comprehensive death trap. We have so much more we can do to guarantee better outcomes. For people and for the whole, every day, and when shit hits a fan, we can choose a measurable outcome and design the 21st century against it. We can do better better. So here's what we can do. Get ahead of it. Get BioBot. Go to BioBot, and the link is in your show notes, to get your county's wastewater treatment plant and community access to free COVID-19 wastewater and variant testing. So you can see what's coming, sometimes even like two or three weeks before people start getting sick. In food and water news, Drought and war seem like a sensible time for Americans to finally adopt those climate-friendly diets everyone's been talking about and Instagramming each other about. Speaking of death traps, what we have here is a two-pronged issue, really. One, food insecurity, and two, diet-related disease from wildly overprocessed foods. Good news. A new White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health later this month will build on recent reports to hopefully emphasize, one, quality calories over quantity, 
to supporting younger, more diverse food founders and growers. Remember, 99% of rural land in the U.S. is owned by white people. And we want to support those founders and growers growing regenerative crops. Three, vastly more affordable, healthy foods for the people who need them the most. Vastly more accessible, healthy foods by way of food prescriptions, community health workers, a farmer's market, more SNAP digital penetration for online grocery ordering, and of course, free school lunches and breakfasts. And last, of course, heat and pesticide protections for farm workers who are harvesting that food. When you think about it, this isn't rocket science. And I'm sorry, NASA, I know it's been a tough week. But the legacy incentives are immense and complicated. Longtime readers will recall I'm steadfast in my belief that the FDA should be split up, and I'll keep working for it. But in the meantime, reversing these incentives can compound for a better, cleaner, more secure, climate-friendly, healthier, and fucking delicious American diet. Here's what we can do. You can actually share your ideas and stories with the White House before the conference at the link in the newsletter, and then apply at another link to submit your organization as a stakeholder, shit giver, when it's go time. In health and bio news, here's the news. 409,000 people, mostly children, 94% of which are in Africa, die of malaria every single year. Question is, could we cut that by 80% next year? This week, the Jenner Institute at Oxford University published the results of a small trial with their fancy new vaccine. And I got to tell you, the infectious disease world is shook up from the BBC. Study shows three initial doses of the vaccine called R21, followed by a booster a year later, gives up to 80% protection. And crucially, say the scientists, their vaccine is cheap and they already have a deal to manufacture more than 100 million doses a year. The charity Malaria No More said recent progress meant children dying from malaria could end in our lifetimes. Mosquitoes have killed more humans than anyone or anything in history, and malaria is a huge chunk of that rampage. Not surprisingly, then, I have learned from and talked to so many wildly intelligent people who are throwing everything from these kind of vaccines to, more controversially, billions of CRISPR'd mosquitoes at the problem. The sooner we stop this disease in its tracks, the better. Here's what we can do. Until R21's ready to go, if it flies, please buy a few bed nets a month with a new monthly donation to arguably the most effective NGO on the planet against malaria. In computer news, Speaker Nancy Pelosi this week predictably shut down the long, gestating, and bipartisan federal privacy bill. Why would she do such a thing? Well, one, because the flood of tech lobbying is incredible to behold and effective, and two, because this federal plan would supersede any state plans, of which there are a few that we've covered, and they vary widely in strength, but most notably California's, which is actually the strongest of all. So it's back to the drawing board. In the meantime, this is what's happening. A third of parents don't know what online accounts their kids use. Elon Musk blew up a plan to counter extremism on Twitter. Smart cities fucked around, which means they collected a ton of data on you, and are now finding out about increased risk of both cyber attacks and access from the courts. This cause and effect doesn't apply to Chinese cities, of course, where it's basically all surveillance all the time. LAUSD was hit with a ransomware attack but still got to school. The EPA is not not concerned about cyber attacks on our 148,000 antiquated public water systems. Look, 
I think the digital future could be snazzy and great, but every company and city needs to take a long, hard look at the petabytes of data they've got on all of us and decide whether it's really worth the cost of protecting it. Stewards of real-world assets, of course, can't just divest themselves, so they're in the much less enviable position. Time for that operating system upgrade. Here's what we can do. Read and contribute to The Markup, which is one of the most excellent nonprofit newsrooms investigating big tech. Couldn't love it more than I do. Here's 10 things from my notebook. Number one, friend of the pod, Dr. Leah Stokes, breaks down her new paper on how utilities have lied to you about climate change for 62 years. Jewel settled for a half a billion dollars. Here's how we keep the pressure on. It's in your show notes. Friend of the pod, Food Forward, have transformed food waste in Southern California and fed thousands of people with it. Huzzah! For everybody in the back, virtually all carbon offsets are bullshit. Number five, the FDA reversed course and approved an ALS drug that might not work, but there's a good reason why they approved it. Number six, Apple actually quietly overhauled their anti-malware software, which is, you're welcome. Number seven, flood insurance is a problem everywhere across the world. Number eight, what can synthetic embryos do? I don't know. Number nine, mental health is a huge part of maternal health outcomes. We've covered that before. And number 10, we've got a searchable database of all of the world's 58,497 tree species worldwide. That's really cool. That's the news for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's news and tips straight to your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend. I'm going to go for a run.